Hello and welcome to another edition of Open All Eyes, the QPR podcast. Everyone's brought their happy hat because this is unusual territory for us and somewhat uncharted territory. Almost back-to-back wins near the playoffs. We won't talk about the playoffs because I'd be wrong. But Almost back-to-back wins. That's what you said. Oh, okay. um, never mind. Keep with the programme, Chris. Right. First of all, Chris Charles is here. Hello. How you doing, Chris? Doing I haven't good. seen you for ages. Well, you've been in the States. I have been in the States, yeah. What was it like? It was good. It was warm, 28 degrees, so yeah. Just a touch uh, warmer than it has been here. Did you worry in case we lost Saturday that you might be a jinx? Well, funny enough, uh, the bloke behind me said, hey, mate, I haven't seen you for ages. Then we went one nil down. He said, any chance you can sod <laughs> off again? So, yeah, thanks for that. We've also got the one, the only... Ah, oh, do you know what? It's lovely to have you here, Clive. Clive Whitnam from Law for Words, from the programme, whatever else you do. Well, you know, kick up the arse. Some day job, kick up the arse, yeah. Yeah. All round good egg. Thanks very much. That's all right. I'm, I'm warming to you after how many years? Oh, well, you're a good 15. Yeah. Um, I mean, you picked the wrong week to be on, Clive. Yes. Yeah, um, I, I, we normally have you on when we're in dire straits, which is admittedly a lot of the time. Yeah, it normally means that something's on fire if I'm here, so this is a, it's a pleasant, pleasant and frightening change. I am. To be fair, with Clive's music here, so I wouldn't be surprised if you actually like dire straits. Do you like dire straits? Uh, you know, it's, they're, they're up there, yeah. I don't mind that salt and swing, actually. I quite like that. Jesus wept, man. Anyway, and also we have, on Saturday, before the game started... There was a magnificent last post, and the fellow that sat, I told you this on the phone, the fellow that sat beside me, Nick, who is ex-army, turned around and said it's one of the finest, most beautiful last posts he's ever heard, because you did it exactly as it should be. He would send, you'd be surprised how many people can't actually play it. Oh, well, I think I overshot the mark then, because I was just aiming not to make a complete fool of myself. <laughs> but that's very nice of you to say, thank you. Warren Ringham, welcome to the podcast, lifelong QPR fan, and you've not only... See, people don't know this, but he's actually brought evidence. Warren has scored at QPR. How many people in this table have scored at QPR? Hey? We're, we're talking goals. Oh. <laughs> Go on, then. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Fraser has told us, you know, about the explicit thing, so no, let's move on. No, go on. No, let's not. No, seriously, go on. Go on. Go on. You have it, have you? Turn it to Mrs. Brown. Not Mrs. Brown. No, Mrs. Please, Doyle. No, Mrs. No, Doyle. No, please, please don't ever use that terminology again. I hear that show with a passion beyond belief. Anyway, so this is up all ours. I've got to do a bit of housekeeping. Um, the beers this week will be brought by Simon, Simon Byron. Thank you very much, Simon. I'm sure I've talked to you on Twitter. And... Um, you must get you the podcast side one day. And thank you for the beers. We're all sitting here with your lovely beers. Thank you very, very much. If you want to sponsor beers, you can do so by going on our Twitter uh, handle, Facebook handle, or looking at our website. Just stick in, open all ours, keep your podcast. It will all come up. Right. Saturday. Do you know what I liked about it? Forget all the other stuff. Forget all the other stuff. Was it nice to put Brentford back in their box? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> After all the defeats and we came back last season from 2-0 down and everything else, Clive... How sweet was that to, to, to beat them? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want to, if you want to go at it from that angle, then fair enough. Because the, the thing that always got 
me when we played Brentford, particularly when Ryan Woods was there, because they have schooled us. He's a good player and they miss him a lot. But, you know, they've schooled us, haven't they, a few Mm -hmm. times in recent years. And what we always said is the team with the plan, the team that knows what it's doing with everyone in the right place will always beat the team that doesn't have a plan. And on Saturday, it looked like we were the team with the plan. Um, Tactically well set up. Um, Combated what they brought really well and and pressed pressed high on their defence. Um, I think, like I said on our, our website, I think the way they sort of carry on about themselves being like some sort of budget Real Madrid Barcelona and still knocking it round in their own penalty area with two defenders that were clearly shot and a goalkeeper whose confidence has gone in the 85th minute. If they want to do that and pretend they're, you know, superior to everybody else, then that's you know that's great. Why for would us. I take that? Well, that's that's just how they carry on, isn't it? And for once, we had a plan to combat it, and the players stuck to the plan. I have to say that it was nice to see us control the midfield for once because you're right, Woods was a big miss for them. Group player. I was speaking to a Brentford fan before the game and it's, oh, you hate to be patronising, don't you? But I do like to be patronising if I'm not on sometimes. And he's like, oh, it's a big game for you, isn't it? Not really. Um, it was Brentford. And he goes, oh, it's a big day out, isn't it? It's like, well, no, we play here every two weeks. So I ground. And um, he's like, oh, you know, you must really hate us. And it's like, he travelled away from Manchester. I felt like I should say, still what really? I was like, no, we hit Chelsea. Philemon annoying. And you just keep beating us when you shouldn't do because it took you 40 years to beat us at Loftus Road and it shouldn't ever be that, it should hopefully be that long a game, blah, blah. And they just went in this rant about QPR, how they see us, how we spent all the money. And, and I didn't know what club they were talking about. Who? Because that's not our fault. The chairman spent the money. We didn't spend the money. And I couldn't find them afterwards to, to, <laughs> have, um, to have a chat. And also, is there some tunnel they come in and then go in? Because you never see them. They turn up, they fill the ground, and they bugger off. You never see Brentford fans. <laughs> well, they get the crown was busy with them before the game. Really? But they, but they weren't there. They weren't there afterwards, which I thought was a shame. How many was in the crowd beforehand? Then? Well, there were quite a few of them. Yeah. Okay, Chris. Did, did you bring Nancy Saturday? I didn't. Yeah, she was at a gymnastics oh, no. competition in Liverpool. Um, so she was, yeah, she was just one of those, you know, when you're not there, you're sort of obviously delighted about the result, but then a part of you is like, God, I can't believe I wasn't there. But no, so I was, um, I was flying solo, um, got absolutely soaked. Uh, we're sort of just about undercover, but um, I heard that we're not getting wet from the R block. I thought, oh, this doesn't sound good. And all of a sudden, yeah, the wind changed and yeah, got proper soaking, but absolutely worth it I, I, you know I was strangely calm at half time in fact I was more really? nervous at, yeah I was more nervous at 3-1 down than I was at 1-0 up 3-1 uh, up than I was 1-0 down which sounds weird but the little kid next to me was like oh no we're going to get hammered and I was like no we'll be alright we'll be alright and sure enough we were but I mean that 10 minute spell was just absolutely breathtaking and the, the, the Loftus Road I mean, when that place is rocking, it's just unbelievable. The bloke next to me lost his glasses in the melee for the third goal, and they found them four rows back. It was like it was like the old days of the terraces, like that big surge every goal. Yeah, just, it was just unbelievable, spine tingling, amazing. Third, third goal was was proper Whoa. go go mental moment. You can't beat two goals in two minutes in that circumstance. And we just, I wasn't that worried at half time either. Really? Because um, I, I, th- I thought we were playing well, and we just needed to step it up that just that little bit. In the attacking third, yeah, um, and we've we've now got the players. You know, it's not like last season when you were saying, "Oh, we just need to get a bit better in the attacking mm. third," but we're trying to do it with Washington and Smith and whatever. We've got the players that can do that now. Um, we can hurt teams a lot better than last year. Yeah, we, years. yeah, 
Um, we've always had the players. We've just got a manager now who's, 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 who's well. Okay, we've got the we've got the loanees, but we, he's sort of putting the pieces in the right places. And what you mentioned earlier about Brentford tippy tapping in the area. I mean, that's initially what he wanted us to do. You know, like pass it out from the back. Then realised like after four games in, we haven't got the personnel to do that. So let, let's change it. And fair play to him for doing You've so. You've got to realise, you know, there's there's more than one way to to play football, and that you know it isn't either the Barcelona way or the Tony Pulis way, there's this whole grey area in between. And just by straying into that grey area for 10 minutes here or there doesn't make you some sort of horrible long ball enemy of the game. Mm. And, you know, and Brentford are still faffing around with that, which, like you say, in August, McLaren quickly realised we don't have the players to do that and it was mm. killing them doing it. So credit to him for, credit to him for changing it. I, I'm, I'm loving the way Lynch and Pavel has just so improved this last mm. few weeks to the extent where... Pavel Stockton reminds me of Vinsworth. He's just going for balls he should never be going for and sticking his foot, his head, anything in the way. Lynch is, uh, has got Leisner on one side of him with Rangel, Bidwell on the other and Cameron in front of him with Lumley yeah, behind. Yeah, good, point. That, you know, good players look, look good with good players around them sort of thing. So Lumley's been a hell of a... I, see, I thought he could have done better with both the two goals on Saturday, but you, you know, do. allowing for the conditions. And the, the thing I was going to say about Pavel is we're finally picking him not as a right-back, not as a wing-back, mm. not in and out of the team. We're picking him regularly in his right position, in a system that suits him. And lo and behold, it looks quite good. Not Because he's not necessarily got the pierce, but he's got the thing. It's like we were saying on the way up, like, Rangel's just got that, like, the last home game, he, he just cuts across against Villa, takes a player out, where... The tendency for us to do is follow the players. He's following the ball and reads it so much better. Warren, you had a privileged position on Saturday that we could never have. Um, obviously, you were nervous before you played the last post and things like that. Though. And um, explain the day from your perspective, how it all built up, just to let people know what actually happened in these sort of scenarios. Well, um, I suppose I was very much get a backstage pass, if you like, which is uh, for someone that's been going... 25 years on and off being a season ticket holder at times not being able to go regularly for the last few years because of work um, you're in the RAF right I'm in the Royal Air Force yeah yeah I'm a full time musician in the don't Royal mention Air Force. the army like I did oh you're in the army <laughs> no no Royal Air Force please a bit tricky that was um, yeah but so, so to be able to arrive in the same entrance as the players and everyone else in there, I, I was sat in the reception for probably half an hour as all the players kind of filtering past and Lee Hughes and a few others and um you know, they they all stopped actually and, and said hello to me. And, and at that point, I was just in my suit. They probably didn't know who I was. Okay. I was amazed how many of the players stopped and went out of their way. Like Pavel actually was one of the main ones. Stopped and shook my hand and said, oh, "Nice to meet you" and stuff like that. And I thought that was really uh, classy actually of of those guys to do that. And then yeah, just um, got changed upstairs in the offices upstairs. Um, a little bit different to last year. Uh, last year I came down the tunnel and did it quite last minute. This time. They took me down probably about half an hour, 40 minutes before. So I was able to stand down there and watch the training. And that helped me quite a lot because I was, I was saying to you on the phone the other day that the thing is we're doing last post and I've done thousands of them and really emotional ones for, you know, for uh, troops that have come back, that repatriated or mm-hmm. people have lost their lives and stuff. And those are really, really Horrible. tough ones to do. And I'm not trying to compare that in any way, but this is quite different because with those you kind of go into a zone and, and emotionally detach yourself from them if you can, just be professional. Whereas with this, that's kind of the opposite of what you want to do because you want to drink in the atmosphere. You've got people all around you. It's right behind the dugout. Steve McLaren walked past me at one point. So you're kind of being distracted by all these things and then you've got to walk out on the pitch and play that 
in front of 17,000 people or whatever. Wow. It's, it's, what uh, was that like? Nerve-wracking, nerve-wracking. Um, <laughs> Could you feel the atmosphere as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I thought the two-minute silence were impecca- impeccably yeah, observed by, by both fights. sides, um, which was great. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was... Once, we, once I got going, I mean, it was fine. Um, I just... I did manage to kind of get in the zone. But, actually, when I came off the pitch, I was stood in the tunnel j- just waiting for the other guys to come off the pitch. And Steve McLaren suddenly put his head round in the tunnel and came down and found me and shook my hand and thanked me. And I thought, again, that was really, really classy. In fact, everyone at the club, the officials, the staff, everyone treated me fabulously well. We we carry ourselves a lot better as a club, stuff like that. People like Andy Sinton and Les Ferdinand have had a big thing on that. Just on the the silence point, isn't a silence so much more respectful and poignant than the minute of applause that has become just sort of the norm? I I had an argument with someone around us a couple of weeks ago about this, because I... If there's a minute of applause, I tend to just stand there silently anyway because I think it should be a silence. And I know all the arguments about, well, latecomers and you know people who don't know it's a silence or you only need one idiot to spoil it. But it just... That's how you show respect. It was absolutely... Like you say, it was impeccable. And I just... I don't like the way it's gone to. But a, that's a almost like saying we can't be trusted. We're, we're, we're juvenile. Yeah, totally. We're, 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 yeah, we're, totally. We're not, I mean, like, I came but in, that was it was immaculate. On was, there wasn't in, a mobile well, phone. There wasn't a kid. It always it was, is. I know. It, it always <laughs> is. But I came in quite late, and I came in, in lower loft, and you know the TV screen was on, and the, the, the stewards were out there, fingers yeah. fingers no, to the lips. I mean, because yeah, some people wouldn't wouldn't realise. I mean, it's yeah. not not a crime. I mean, they just no. just, just rock up and much, be having a chat. It doesn't take much, like you say, to no. send a couple of stewards downstairs. No, and, and I thought that was a nice touch. So everyone was like, "Oh, right, okay." Yeah. I think the thing is, it's like the fellow was. I mean, you, you realise, don't you, who who served? I mean, I know the people beside me have been in the army because I, I I love military history, so I'm always pulling them and worry that they've been around the world and stuff. I I once tried to join the RAF. <laughs> yeah, did you? Was it the dyslexia or the celiac? That surprised me that 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 I got. I I almost got accepted. The bit that really surprised me was like going down there. What was it? I think it was. It was definitely in central London somewhere, like Shaftesbury Avenue. Hendon. Oh, sorry. No, that's that's the museum, mate. I never made it that Um, far, mate. So, (laughs) and the fellow was interviewing me from Northern Ireland. So, like, just yap the way to him and stuff, and he's like saying, "Oh, you know, what do you think about going back home? (laughs) I don't intend to going back home." Not for a while, anyway. He goes, no, no, if you, well, if you get sent there? I went, you are? <laughs> and he goes, like, well, you get sent there? He goes, I'm not going to need you for me, you're mad. He goes, I'll make a shot. And he goes, you know, we have got a beer somewhere there. That, that was the end of my RAF career. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I salute people like you who've got the courage hey. to do what you... <laughs> 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 Moving on from Chris's... No, seriously, I do. I respect With all... The table, <laughs> you are, you definitely are. But, no, and, and I think it's important. I mean, to me... Going for the poppy thing and everything else. I know people's got the issues with the white poppy, the red poppy, but the First World War should never ever be celebrated in any stretch of the imagination. It was bloody carnage. It was horrible. Um, and we've got to remember that and, and support the military because whatever everyone says, the Second World War was absolutely justified against fascism. And um, fair play to you guys. I'm proud to put your, your life to the line. Thank you. No, you're all right, but I still wouldn't have joined. I thought we weren't doing politics today, Paul. Where, where am I? <laughs> No, no, it's it's fine. No, because it's got to be said because there's a lot of if, uh, poppy gate. Poppy gate's a nonsense. All of this. Are you wearing a poppy? Is oh, your poppy horrible. big enough? Is this poppy big enough for me? Uh, that's but nonsense. Be, like you but, said, two minutes. Be respectful. All and you we were, yeah, yeah. That's all you do, and that's what it is. And help people get the lives back in track. The people who are 
come back disabled, the people who come back with mental health issues. It's just more than a poppy. There's a lot more than that that goes on, as you mm. well know, fella. Anyway, when, when, we've had a few wins, and I'm getting serious again. Warren, on Saturday, you had a good view. Mm-hmm. Did you go ballistic when the third goal went in like the rest of oh, you? Are you allowed was, to go mental in the posh? Yes, I was, well, it was, it was really funny yeah. you say that, actually, because I was sat next to Andy Evans, who's the CEO of the Community Trust. Mm. Yeah. And uh, lovely, lovely guy. And, he and every, me at one stage in my old state. Did he? He right. wouldn't tell people that, but he did. And I had uh, Wayne Faraday was sat literally one seat in front of me to the right. Oh, he's they, were all, they were all quite respectful, but I was singing along with all the tunes, <laughs> which none of them else, none of the else would have done. They were all kind of sniggering when I was, so I was at the top of my voice. And yeah, I mean, when the, when the squad, everyone was up and jumping around, but I was jumping all over Andy, uh, when we, especially when we scored the third one. But I mean, I think that third one, as you say, like we did, did all go nuts, but it was just, uh, just gave us that cushion, didn't it? Where we thought, I think, sub, uh, it just gave us a little bit of that safety barrier, I think. We, so we saw that out quite well as well. We actually, not in a, a Preston way, you know, not just mm. complete shithousery, but we saw it out quite well yeah. with the, we kept possession for a long period of time. It's a shame that they scored the goal that they did. I do, I do think Lumley, that should, was kind have, of Lumley should have done a bit. I don't think it was. I think Lumley should have done a bit better with that. No, in true QPR fashion, it was coming, Clive. Yeah. yeah. But then we, we subsequently saw out the time after yeah. that pretty well. There was never... Did you impress me when he came on with Cousins? Because everyone else is playing better, as you said earlier on. Cousins actually came on and harassed so, the arser to them. So I have this thing that McLaren makes the right substitution, but 10 minutes later than it should have been made. So well, Cousins, okay. Cousins came on 86, and like you say, mm. did a really good job. But if he'd come on 76, because a couple of them were baggaged by 76, I thought. And you could have maybe put Bright on for easy, if you mm. wanted to do that, for a bit of pace in behind. Or you could have taken Luongo or Cameron off and put a Scowan on. Or, mm. you know, just... So he tends to make the right substitution, but 10 minutes later than it, it should be made, because I thought Cousins helped with that, that seeing things out. I think it's brilliant. Then what we, what we should do, we've all had our say about Saturday, should we go and see what Jeff Cameron thinks? All right, we're now joined by Jeff Cameron, whose stats are pretty dumb. Read the stats, Chris. How did you know I got the stats? Because uh, you got a bit of paper and I just... Okay, Jeff, uh, since you uh, in the games since you've been here, sorry, you've had ten appearances, seven wins, two draws, one defeat, twenty three points out of a possible thirteen games you played. Uh, you had two goals in one hundred and eighty nine for Stoke, and you've got one in ten for us. There you go. So, what happened with the defeat? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Who saw the X factor when you got the Jeff factor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, but. You know, to be honest, man, it's it's been great since I've been uh, since I've you know joined QPR. Uh, I think you know I had a tough year last year with injuries, and you know I had a pretty bad concussion. Um, I would say I was out for not, almost nine to ten weeks, um, kind of during the period the last few months when Mark Hughes was was still the manager. Um, mm. And it was it was a it was a tough time because I think it was one of the most difficult times in my career because I didn't uh, have really control of anything. Uh, when you're injured, you can kind of get through a, a time because you know you're getting better. Um, where concussion, it's literally every single day you just kind of wake up and you're trying to figure out if if there's any improvement. Um, and it was just, it was long. And, and obviously, as a footballer, you know, you, it's hard to be patient. Um, and patience is 
runs out very thin, especially if, you know, weeks after weeks. Um, and then by the time I got back, uh, you know, trying to get fit and find my form, you know, we got a new manager and didn't really give a, get really a chance to get going there. And then, you know, I just, once we got rid of Mark Hughes, it was kind of, I was told that, you know, uh, I was free to go pretty much. And then obviously the new manager came in and, you know, for it, what it is, it, it just didn't work out. And, you know, Steve McLaren gave me a call and, um, yeah, it's, it's been great. You know, he's, he's a, he's a fantastic manager. One of the best managers I've worked for and played for. He's detailed. Um, he's, he's a player coach for sure. And, and I think guys and guys can flourish under him for sure. Jeff, just to make you feel better. I think Mark Hughes is a twat as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like Mark Hughes. I enjoy playing for him. I, I think he got, he got me playing my best football. And then, you know, obviously, uh, it was different under Paul Lambert and, and, uh, Gary So, but, uh, you know, Mark Hughes played me in every single position when I was fit and I was available. He played me and, you know, as if you're playing, I don't think you're, you're, um, you're, you're, you're happy. You're enjoying it. You know, when you say Steve McLaren's a player manager, what do, what do you mean? That he's easy to talk to. He 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 actually cares about you as a player uh, outside the field, and um, you know you can have conversation with him. You can you can joke around, have a laugh, and he's good. He's he's good around the team. Where there's other some managers that aren't really like that. They're they're not really hands on, one on one, and they kind of sit back um, and watch. Where. Uh, I think McGaffer now he's he's on point with everything and and the uh, the assistant managers everyone from the club have been fantastic and and I'm telling you like you know going from Stoke and um, you know going through the relegation and you kind of feel like the the soul was kind of ripped out of the club and. You know, you can see the, you can feel the team camaraderie. The atmosphere is super positive, and um, guys, guys enjoy themselves. Is it is the team spirit better at QPR now that we're winning, um, or has that just been a slow build up? It's always been there, but the results just haven't showed it. Yeah, I think you know since I've come there, uh, since I got there, you know, with training and everything, the team atmosphere has always been great. You know, they welcome me in and. Um, and I think it's just, you know, I was shocked that really, you know, from the first couple games, uh, and the results they had, because what I see on the training pitch every single day is not what, what was reflected in the first few games of the season. Um, and I think it's just, you know, the guys finding confidence, the guys believing in one another. And, you know, we say it every single day, and uh, you know, in our team meetings, when we're going over videos and, we have to have the belief in, in the dressing room and we believe in one another and, you know, we hold each other accountable, but it, it's in a good way. It's not uh, degrading. It's not belittling anybody. It's, it's done in, in, a, in a professional manner and saying, hey, we need more from you or we need to be better in the final third or we need to be better defensively. And we take that as, as a team collectively together, not just calling out individuals. Um, and, and I think that's that's a it's a massive thing. 
When you when you came, Jeff, did you was it talked about with Steve before you arrived about what position you might be playing? Because I mean, we were looking for another centre back to play with Tony Leisner in the um, in the summer, and obviously the defence has settled down and kept a lot of clean sheets in the shape it is. You've ended up playing midfield. You played a lot of positions at Stoke. So, what position did you think you were going to be playing when you came here, and how have you settled into the one that you're in now? Yeah, well, when we talked about. Um you know, when I was coming in, it you know we talked about him using me as a defensive midfield um, and a uh, center half, um, and those are the two positions that he wanted to strengthen and, if need be, to you know play a, a, a right side of the of the a back three or right right back if needed be. But um, I think it was it, it was mainly to be a, a defensive midfield and uh, a center half. And how do you play in that position with Massimo Luongo? Like, does one one stays? That's usually you, and one goes. How does how does it work between the the two of you? What's the communication on the pitch? Yeah, I think we're we're just. I think we're growing and we're we're getting a better understanding of one another. And I think Massi likes to go forward a little bit and and, and much more. And um, his ability to get on the ball and you know. My job is really just to to clog the hole and make it difficult for teams to kind of penetrate through the middle and you know to help Lynchy and and Tony um, in making it difficult for teams to to find those pockets in front of them. Uh, but when I get on the ball, it's you know my first look is to Ebbs or, or Lukey or you know just skip a couple lines. But it, that allows Moss to play up higher and to receive the ball in behind their their defensive midfield or in in um, in front of their first line of defense. So it, it allows him to be up higher in the pitch where he can bump, then get it off of, you know, someone that I played through or, and then he can play the through pass and, and be a little bit more creative. Um, and I think we have a really good understanding, you know, when I see him not trying to, if he's not, if he hasn't touched the ball much, he'll kind of drift and collect it. And I push high and, we, we kind of have a really good understanding, but he knows that I'm always going to be there to back him up. So that allows him to push higher and get up the pitch. And, and also when we're pressuring, he pressures higher and I'm, and I'm kind of there as his cover. So it works out great. Jeff, it was really interesting uh, to hear you talking recently about how uh, you'll, you'll kind of talk on the pitch and almost manage the game from within the team. And I think that's something that we've probably been lacking in recent years. So, how much freedom do you have with that? And is it a particular strength of yours or is it something that, that happens actually more often than we realize? Um, I think it happens more often than you realize. I think maybe it's just, um, maybe since I've come in, I, I guess I'm a talkative person anyways, but I think maybe that I've come in and uh, it's given other guys confidence to, to, to talk more on the pitch and to direct more. And, you know, Moss and I have conversations throughout the game more, you know, there are times in the game where, hey, you, you know, when we were playing Brentford, Brentford was, you know, they were passing the ball around, but they weren't hurting us. Um, and then we started, we started kind of finding our form and how to how to pressure them in, in the right areas, and we were and we were doing that, and we had a game plan before, but also it's, it's different on the pitch. When you get on the pitch, it's it, you know, some guys will be, you know, finding the ball a little bit deeper um, than what expected on the video. Um, and, and then we kind of have to adjust, but I think all around, you know, Lynchy, Tony, myself, Moss, you know, Lukey's, he's a talkative one as well. 
everybody's in communication with one another and they say, hey, we need to do this, we need to slide over. Or, you know, when when they're, uh, the two midfields were kind of, they like to separate and kind of receive the ball in between, you know, the left midfield and, and, and the defensive midfield or, or one of the center mids and, and, to, and to the other side as well, the right mid and the right center, uh, center um, midfield. So it's like they're kind of finding pockets in between there. So we just said, hey, we need to push the outside mids in, leave the guys out wide behind us, um, and just be a little bit tighter in the midfield. And then once we started doing that, we started getting more pressure on the ball. We started picking up the balls in areas because they were they were trying to force the pass. And, you know, we created a lot more opportunities. So it's like everybody's communicating on the field, but I think it's just become more – um, known because guys have more confidence and they're more, I guess, more sure of themselves of saying, Hey, we need to do this because the other team's doing that. And maybe I just kind of started it and kind of went from there. Amazing. I want to ask you a little bit, a quick one as well about uh, recently we seem to have been slightly starved of possession against some of the recent teams. Is that a concern that, that you're looking at or are you happy because we're obviously still getting good results at the moment and hitting teams on the break at times? Is it a concern for you or are you, are you happy with the way that's going? No, you know, we've, we've, we've actually talked about that as things that we want to improve. Um, and we know that, but if, if you look at it, we're a transition team and we're yeah. very, and we can get better at that. So we also, I think you have to look at two things. Can we improve our possession? 100%. But at the same time, can we improve our, our transition style? Because that is our strength. We win the ball, boom, and we have the guys to go forward and, and create chances. And I think with our, with our outside mids, our forwards, we have the ability to do that. So. I think one we can we can strengthen our ability in transition, but at the same time, I think there are times where you know, hey, we need to get we need to get some more possession, uh, make the team kind of the other team chase a little bit more instead of boom the first pass, release and try it, you know, try a, a through ball, and if it comes back down our throat, okay, we're back to defending again. And I think we, it's just a better understanding of okay, when can we put that ball through, or when can we you know, grab those, you know, six or seven passes just to get possession, knock the ball around, get comfortable, and then go from there. Yeah. Hi, Jeff. Um, uh, to be honest, when I heard we were signing two players on loan with a combined age of 88, I didn't really think it was going to be the answer to all our prayers, but uh, it seems to be working at the moment. Say that again, sorry? Well, I, I said, uh, I, I'll be honest, when we signed a, uh, two lone players with a combined age of 88, yourself and Angel, I didn't think it was going to be the answer to our <laughs> prayers, but you, you've both done amazingly since you've been here. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. I mean, <laughs> we, we, uh, trust me, it's, it's not fun when, you know, if you, if you kind of look back in your career and, you know, when you're doing boxes, usually you're the young guy and you get to get, you know, the gap will say, okay, young guy's in. Or now I'm I'm part of the older guys, so they'll say older guys in first, and me and Angel look at each other like again, <laughs> like it's just us as the older guys. Um, but you know what? It, it's good, man, to to be around such a young uh, group of guys. Uh, we, you know, they ask us for advice. Uh, you know, especially Angel playing how many years in eleven years at Swansea, having a great career, and 
and to see him now can still continue to play um, so solid for us with the experience that he has um, has been great. And I think that just shows the, the determination that he has. And I, I think it just in the team itself. Yeah, and another thing I was going to ask you, there's been a lot made, obviously, in the past and, and present, I guess, of the Stoke atmosphere. But what did you make of that atmosphere on Saturday, particularly when the third goal went in? Uh, it was it was immense. I mean, uh, I've had, I've had the, over the, like, the last few games, I think the crowd has gotten more into it. I think the, the quietest night we had was that uh, the Aston Villa game, I believe. It was, it was kind of quiet, but it was a, it was a, wet rainy Tuesday night I believe or Tuesday Wednesday night um so you know obviously difficult for fans to get out there and stuff like that but this weekend was is one of the best it, it was loud it I mean it, and it, you know for the fans listening they don't realize how important they are to us as players and when we feel them get behind us you know we went a goal down in 15 minutes but we didn't deserve to go down but it just showed that you know, we had the belief to get back in the game. We came out and boom, three goals in 20-something minutes um, and had the place roaring. So for me, it was it was electric. What's it What's it like being a lone player coming, like coming into a squad when you get... Because obviously there's a finite period of time you're here. You haven't signed here permanently. What, Yet. Can, you, can you sort of take ownership of it or do you always feel like you're on a clock? I don't know. I just, I wonder what the mentality of being yeah, a lone know, player is. This, yeah, this is my first time in my career that I've actually, you know, gone on loan somewhere. So I'm, this is a new experience for me. Um, but to be honest, I, you know, whether I'm still contracted by Stoke City or not, I, I feel 100% a part of QPR and that's what I care about. I look, you know, I look at our, uh, I don't really look at any other scores. I'm looking at our scores and how we, where we are, where we're finishing the table and where we are this weekend and what were the other results and where does that put us? Um, and that's what I feel because I feel, you know, I think, you know, I have, I think I have another year left in my contract at Stoke, but you know, as of, I don't plan on going back there and, you know, as as of as a player, I'm I'm happy where I am right now, and um, I think I'm kind of. It, it gave me a fresh start. I needed a fresh start. I needed to um, recharge my batteries, I guess, and 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 uh, I think that QPR has allowed me to do that. And when you're having fun and you're enjoying where you're playing, uh, you always play your best football. And I had that for a while when I was at Stoke, and I think the last year or two it hasn't been that way. And now I got back to a place where I'm comfortable, I'm happy, I'm enjoying myself, and the guys are fantastic. And even when you're losing and 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 you're winning, obviously winning always helps. But uh, we have a really good group of guys, and it's a team family atmosphere. Do you know Do you know what I'm thinking, Jeff? Between us, right? There's only so much pottery you could play with. <laughs> you know what I mean, and um, you know you go. I'm, I'm not down in Stoke. I'm from Belfast. I can't. I can't say anything about anything. But you know, Westfields, the lovely new BBC buildings, um, fan base. It's more passionate, and um, yeah, you just just sign the dotted line, man. Just just get, <laughs> just get it over the line. Become a, a full time Rangers player, 
and we'll bring you down the current scepter and get you drunk. <laughs> but, yeah. How does that if sound? You sort it out. If you sort it out, I'm, I'm here, man. You're a good man. Now, here's, here's a weird one for you, Jeff, right? I was, yeah. I was drinking on Saturday after the game with a fella from Boston who is called Seb, who listens to the podcast, big QPR fan. He's only the rep for Samuel Adams' beer. Oh, okay. Um, Boston Lager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's obviously from Boston. And um, you know what? I might put you two in contact with each other. So I might drop you a line. What's the chances of that, Loe? Uh, of of two Boston guys meeting and yeah, and you know, Sammy hey, Adams. You might you might get me a deal representing Boston Lager. <laughs> and, 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 you know, the, the other thing is, I've also been told to tell you. I don't know if you like. In Belfast, we played rounders. You call it baseball. You know, it's weird like that. Red Sox. Are you a Red Sox fan? Of course I am. Right. Just said, well, my friend Cindy's asked me to, or told me to tell you that um, there's a party on Saturday, as you're not playing, in London near Warren Street, where all the Red Sox fans are getting together and having a World Series bash. Really? Yeah, so I'll, I'll drop you that on Twitter as well if you fancy yeah, it. Send me that. Send me that information because that would be great. Um, and also yeah, put in touch with your man for the um, Samuel Adams. If you put in a good word for me as well, if you don't mind, send, you know. And no problem. If I, if I get a deal, I'll sit, I'll, I'll send some uh, some crates to you then. You're a good man. Yeah. Me gluten free. The other thing is, Jeff. Though seriously, in, in a serious note, what, what we talked about the atmosphere, and you know, I'm a great believer in the fans give back to what the players give but are we allowed to talk about the playoffs yet? Say that again the last part are we allowed to talk about the playoffs? Is, is that something that's on the remit or is that just is that just going to be a massive yeah, bonus? No I, I think you know obviously our goal is that's obviously our main goal is to get promoted and and to get get back up to the Premier League but you know, I think it's the, the most important thing is like taking it one game at a time, mm. and and just knowing you have like little goals throughout the season. Okay, if we keep going, you know, make a we got to make a marker this weekend. Boom, you know, three games a couple weeks ago, and we got nine points. You know, a lot of teams counted us out. We didn't think we were gonna. You know, we played against tough sides, and I mean, trust me, my first year in the in the championship, it's it's different from the Premiership. You know, where totally. You, you you have you have your off game you know you have two games in a week and that would be a you know Capital One Cup game or an FA Cup game. Now you're having three you know having one on a Saturday, one on a Tuesday, and then one on a Friday or one on a Saturday, one on a Wednesday, and then one on a Saturday. So the quick turnaround is there, you know, and you know it doesn't leave you a lot of time to recover. So you know you have to think it, or the fans have to know at some point, you know, you're not going to the game. 100%. You might be going in at 70 or 80, but if you're given your maximum between 70 to 100 or, you know, 70 to 90, and you stay in that consistency range mm-hmm. between that, you're going to give yourself a chance to win every single game. And I think that's, that's our goal is, you know, how hard our, our schedule is, is just to keep on getting points, climbing, you know, just keep climbing the table. You know, don't lose just make sure you're in the game every single game and that will give you an opportunity just to get another point another point another and, point and, the next and then at the end of the season you can look and say you know we got a couple ties in the row we got a good result here those are massive results at the end of the year and that will tally it up and 
boom, that, you know, one point could make the difference from us getting in the playoffs or not. Well, do you so know what? It, just, just give it your best shot, man. Now, but before you go, Jeff, I've got to ask you yeah. one question. Um, next game is Stoke away. Are you available? I honestly have no idea. I don't think oh. I am. Okay. Um, I've asked my agent, I've asked the club, and I, and I believe it's, it's, uh, it, I think it might be up for discussion between the clubs. Um, but because I'm still owned by Stoke City, it's, I think it's very rare for a player to be able to play against its, its, mm. its uh, Can we help? You know, club. Any intel to pass on? What about we do, do what we used to do at Sunday League? Can we just not put you down as like Dave Brown? <laughs> uh, no, come on, guys, come on, think about this story. We've got to help. We've got to help Jeff out here. What about Cameron, Jeff? Cameron, Jeff. They'll never know. See, you're welcome. Hey. What do you reckon? I mean, trust me. There's, there's no. There's, uh, I want to play badly, um, and you know, I just I, honestly, I, I I just don't know at this point. So. Hopefully they're trying to figure something out, but uh, I think it'll be difficult. Well, here, listen, big man, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. We really appreciate it. It's good that someone can come on and be so open and honest with us. And um, I think you're slowly becoming a crowd favourite. Just get that pen on the dotted line and become one of us full time, <laughs> and we and um, we'll all be happy. Thank you so much, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks, for coming Jeff. On. Thanks, Jeff. Sounds, sounds good, guy. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Take care. Keep Cheers. it up. Keep Bye-bye. it up, mate. Cheers. Bye. Take care, guys. Bye. Now, that is one of the best interviews we've had yeah. for so many different reasons, but also just what he was talking about, how we've been pressed the ball, about the role that Mass has and everything else. It's quite good. It's nice that someone coming in and talking about music or their favourite clothes or, the, <laughs> yeah. or who their favourite band is. You're actually getting it from the dressing room. And it, What do you think, Clive? I think not since Neda Manua came on the podcast was anybody able to talk so eruditely about how they're going about it and no. Uh, yeah no seriously impressive I think last time I was on sort of six weeks ago when he hadn't he wasn't he wasn't fit and uh, I, I said I didn't I didn't really get the idea of what what he was doing and he was parked in front of players that we do own but over the last month five six weeks you know he's he's been absolutely outstanding he's been brilliant and if that's, um, if that's an insight of how intelligent he is about the game I think it shows what influence he's having on the pitch I think for sure. Right, Neil the engineer's going to the toilet. This means we can let's crack on. And, and he, he keeps telling us to wrap up, so um, <laughs> let's take the piss and not let him in. Uh, um, Chris? No, I was just going to say about, they're, they're, you know the Stoke fanzine, the oat cake, I'm sure Clive's familiar with it, but they describe... It's a good fanzine. Yeah, they describe mm. Jeff, as he said, he's an appreciated player and you really see the value in Jeff when he's not available, when he's not there, we notice it. And I think that's very true this season. The stats back it up. One of the valuable things he, he does is when we are under the cosh, he drops in as a third centre-back. Yeah. Um, wins, wins a hell of a lot of headers, which was happening in the last five minutes mm. uh, on Saturday. He can pass as well. I'm not sure about that. I can't. <laughs> I think... You've got to look at it. He, he, he's not simple passing is sometimes more effective than the 30, 45 yard little spray things that Adele used to do. Well, he's, he's certainly not the archetypal thick footballer, is he? He's clearly. No. <laughs> Which, he reminds me of what I would have been like if I was a footballer. What do you reckon, Clive? I, uh, no. And, um, <laughs> but, you know, managers talk about uh, their, their player on the pitch or trying, because managers once play, once uh, teams cross the uh, white line. Damn, they brought the pass with them. They, they don't have any say, do they? Once managers 
No. Once the players have gone over the white line, the manager can't influence it. So managers like players like Cameron, who clearly knows what he's doing, knows the system, knows the shape and everything, that can go on and carry out what he wants. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I was just going to say about McLaren, it's nice that in his post-match comments he acknowledged the crowd's part in the mm. wing. I still feel there's sort of an uneasy relationship between McLaren and McLaren. No, Despite, I think he's... No. But I mean, I mean, of all the songs that were sung, I think I only heard um, the, you know, McLaren's song, well, McLaren's Blue and White Army once. Although I did hear, it was nice to hear a few of the old songs, which, which happens when we do well. The Olays, I'm not so sure about. I always think that can come back to bite you. But <laughs> Chim Chim and the Magic Cat. But I think the they biggest... season. The biggest, the, yeah, I haven't been, I haven't been here after the season, have I? I've been it's awful. In them, yeah, but uh, Buzaki song was fa- fabulous to hear. That I think it came from a lot of you know this world, Clive. A lot of the way matches with not a lot to sing about. Some people went through the the nineties, two thousand. Oh yeah, we've QPR. been doing it like, periodically over yeah. time. But um, but, do, do, but it's nice, and I don't care what anyone says. There was a time that I didn't enjoy going to QPR. I went because it's my club, and I love it as we all do. But on Saturday, I was like a child out of the out of bed, just running around like a blue arse fly. Can't wait to get down there. It's easy to say, but even if they'd equalised, you still would have gone away. That's what you want from a game. You still clap them. You'd be that, ga- that game was outside. exhilarating on Saturday. It wasn't like the che- like, again last time I was on. We were talking about how championship games seem to be teams try and get in front and then see out the last yeah. half an hour. That was two teams playing the same formation but in a different way. Just going at each other right to the end, still trying to score goals. I just, it was exhilarating on Saturday. Do you know what I, I think it's it down to? I think Warren set the mood. Well, it's two in two years that I've, uh, we've won when I've played, so I must be the good luck charm. What's your pig bag like? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time I'll give That's you That's an idea, don't it? Maybe we can, you know, like Leicester come out to the sound of the whatever they do, the um, fox hunt thing. Mm. Yeah. Right. Any hunt saboteurs listen to this, I do apologise, but that's what they do. Um, I'm just thinking, why don't we get you down? <laughs> how many, I wonder how many hunt saboteurs we have got listening to you this. You don't even know. We, we like to just drop us a line, let us yeah. know. Don't, don't get political, is what we said at the start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you've got, so far, you've done the reason for the Second World War, and now we're on to fox hunting. Yeah. No, I, I, I yeah, okay. Um, but I, we know what you meant. Thank yeah. you. Oh, cheers, Dad. Um, <laughs> it's all right, son. We, we, oh, you're welcome. Um, Dad we just get, wants to get to the pub, that's what's going on here yeah right Clive so what I'm saying is would you be available for most games to do a re-recognition of pig bag before the game if I was available for most games I'd be there as a fan but um, you could do it beforehand good answer yeah, I, I would you like be, to do it? I would love to do it. Yeah. That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Just I'm, someone as they come out, just do, 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 yeah. I don't know if it's going to pay my rent, unfortunately. Oh, when's the QPR have paid anything? It just yeah. takes money. We don't get it. We get the love, Warren. We get the love. We don't do it for the glory because they're quite frankly, isn't any. Oh, I, I know that. Believe me. Can I've, pig bag be played on? Uh, yeah, what you're calling a bugle, but it's actually a cornet. Yeah, I've played it. I've played, I learned how to play on the yeah, trumpet. Clive, don't be so bloody negative. We've got to be negative about something. Oh, come on, don't come on this podcast and try and do this time. We're trying. <coughs> People say we're always negative. We try and be cheerful. You it's try it's unnerving me that Clive's so positive right the way through. So he's got to, he's got to find a negative somewhere. And if it's going to be cornets. Then fair I enough. Think, I think if the club's listening, we're doing pig bag. Or um, any other QPR song is most welcome because <laughs> you know whoever's playing the music at QPR, they need to be uh, taken outside and told not to. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'll I'm, I'm in favour of the idea. Right, we're going to our any other business type six schedule. So in my head, I, I, why is your glasses like that? 
because um, they got off from the pound shop because the other one's broken. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's, it's not. This is a bit of a visual gag. This one, because no, no one's going to can see what's honestly. Going on. if you Great could, for radio, d- dear listener. If yeah. you could only see Cli- Clive Chris's glasses. <laughs> one's up, one's down. You look like Clive Dunn from Granddad. Yeah, thank um, you. You're welcome. So I'm going to start with you, Chris. You're going to start with me, okay. Well, first of all, it was great to see St- um, Steve McLaren. I can't take you seriously in them glasses, <laughs> okay, man. I'll take them off. It was great to see Steve McLaren steadfastly refusing to get uh, so much as an overcoat, let alone an umbrella, <laughs> and, as the rain was pelting down. That is a, the only human in the world that is never allowed yeah. an umbrella ever again. Yeah. Yeah. He did it at Hoffenheim in pre-season. He just stood there in the rain. Yeah. He's never allowed an umbrella ever again. There's, there's public figures who could learn a lot from that. <laughs> Who are leaders of the free world? Carry on. Oh, oh don't, don't, you nearly got political again there. <laughs> Three um, times. But yeah, I mean, you can imagine even if he's on a shopping trip with his wife and it starts pelting Do you down, she gets the umbrella out. He's like ducking out of the way. No, I can't. <laughs> there might be paps about it. You know, Do you yeah, reckon? Uh, the other I thing is, uh, I, I'm a celebrity. Harry. Oh yeah, nice to meet you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Harry Redknapp, what, what, what do we all think about well, that? Fulham, I want to say Beaton's Curry's bollocks or whatever they eat. Kangaroo balls. Right. I uh, thought you might get you going, Clive. I've been desperate to try and get you into a rant all uh, all, all day. So, so here we go. Boy, this could be a long one, son. <laughs> I mean, are we? Do you actually, This is a man. <laughs> it's going to be a long one. <laughs> this is a man who said he couldn't even go down the road to scout opposition teams at Fulham because he couldn't get from his car to the ground because his knee was so bad. Someone that sent Martin Samuel out to bat in the press to say that he couldn't even stand for five minutes to watch his grandkids play football because his knee hurt so much. He's going in the fucking jungle. <laughs> I'm so I glad just... I did that as my arse in. Carry on, Claude. Well, the, okay, well, that's my arse I, I think well. I, I think Louise Wednapp had the right idea. There's a lovely tweet from Crouchy saying he couldn't, uh, Redknapp couldn't take him in as his luxury item, which was quite funny. Oh, <laughs> but the thing is, I mean... I can, would he, imagine... can he take his bank account named after his dog? Well, I don't know. <laughs> if it gets too hot, he can wind his window down. I reckon, I reckon Portsmouth, Southampton, QPR could be quite busy over the next few weeks of fans and um, yeah. that phone number. I mean, I, you know... He'll it, be, it'll be invited out. He won't be on mo- in most of the trials on medical grounds anyway, mm. won't he? I don't know how this programme works, but I do know that if you can't go from Loftus Road to Fulham to scout an opposition team, then you certainly shouldn't be flying to Australia to sit in the jungle. But yeah. surely you can eat kangaroo gonads that's not very strenuous well you would know but apparently <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but that's what they do in that program I don't watch it it's watched in my house it's amazing the amount I, of people who talk about it and nobody's ever seen look, it listen, I mean I have watched it I'll, look, I'll hands up I've seen it on but it's on like it's on in my house the, 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 the other occupants will watch it but I, I'm not that interested but I might phone in I'm very tempted. Oh, no, I'm there, definitely. Boost trucker trials, or whatever they call it. Is boost trucker trials. You can trials, even text these days, Paul, I think. So. Can you? Yeah. I'm not good at texting. I always text the wrong people. It gets myself into trouble. Don't try and direct a show. Right, have you done your RZ? Yes, I have. Well, that, no, that's mine now. Oh, come on. <laughs> I know I'd forgotten all about that, and now I'm angry again. So. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Job time. I'm going to put a word in your mouth. Can you? What? Sorry? <laughs> yes, indeed. Not... Take that out. You're all right. You write for Kick Up The Artist. Can you tell QPR fans why we should continue to support Dave and the fanzine? Because it really because needs once support. These, because once these things go, you know, they don't come back. And it's very easy to, to take things like that for granted. It's about the culture of the club and why, you know, things you remember from when you started going down there. Mm-hmm. And it, once they go away, they, they don't come back. They don't sort of take a hiatus and come back. 
and also it's actually it's a brilliant read i always find you know social media and the message boards are very up and down like it wasn't that long ago that there were posts on our message board about when mclaren was going to get the sack mm. and now you know now he's the best thing since sliced bread it goes up and down whereas the fanzine i often find is much more considered if someone's actually taken the time to sit there and put a thousand words together over three pages about what they think it's a much more considered reaction to what's going on um it's still a brilliant read i think it's brilliant and i i, I... I always, for some reason, do you know what cover sticks in my mind after all these years? Is it had a thing of like... Um, is this going to be the Ken Bates one? No, 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 it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's um, anything to do with World War One. No, no, no. World War Two. No, no, no. <laughs> or the Iraq. All right. Or Yugoslavia. Or anything like that. It was about, it said Liverpool nil, someone else nil, and who missed a penalty? Sticks in my mind. I don't know why, but it's a typical day of humour. Dave, Dave was a really, really sound bloke. And I know he's struggling to keep that magazine going. So come on, if you can buy it, please buy it. I'll never tell anyone what to do, but support. It's up the fought arse. a lot of battles over the, you know, pre-internet when mm. the club could have been merged with Wimbledon, could have been merged with Fulham, Fulham yeah. you know, could have moved out to a new ground at Heathrow and things. A kick up the arse was at the forefront of a lot of battles that this club fought and won to keep the club that you follow today. So... You know, if that's not worthy of support, and like I say, it's still a good read. Exactly. Not my column, obviously. But. <laughs> hey, don't put yourself down, Clive. Even as we squinty dyslexic reads at the odd time. Anyway, Warren. Yes, well, I hate to do a finny, having listened to the show for many years, but I've got a couple of quick ones. Um, the first one's a little bit of a self-serving one for you guys, but as someone who was previously a season ticket holder and has not been able to come down very often, I just want to say thank you for those of us that aren't able to make it down for the podcast because really you guys have been my eyes and ears for the last few years and and the insight the the insight that you give and and actually fans a sort of unedited view of what's going on has been has really kept me going over the last few years and been able to make it so thank you very much for that so paul thank you for everything you've done for the podcast yes yes (laughs) (laughs) Um, just drink your bloody beard say nothing carry on one all these people and sort of linked to that i just want to kind of one's eating a sandwich we're just gonna ignore chris and his sandwich <laughs> cheese and onion sandwich carry on no so sort of linked to that uh, following on really is for those of us that are qpr fans are massive qpr fans and can't make it down all the time um i've been i've been, been able to get here for all the big moments i was wembley cardiff wigan uh oldham i was even here for Vauxhall motors but um when, when we got to Wembley last time, it was a little bit, uh, I don't say irritating, but there was quite a lot of negativity about fans like me that can only make it down at certain times because of work okay. and what have you. I think so. Saying people saying, oh, you know, where were you when we were, when, you know, where have you been, fair weather fans and stuff. And That's nasty. Yeah, there was a lot of that on the message boards. And say, so, you know, there are people out there. It's not that we're not there because we're not playing well or whatever. It's just the circumstance um, don't allow us to come. I mean, I was sat at Wembley and there was a row behind me of 30 guys that had all come over from Gibraltar to support the club for that final. I read about that. So... There are a lot of us out there that... that um, they got caught between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, we, we still love the club. <laughs> but... Oh, dear. <laughs> Sorry, Warren. <laughs> let, the man, let the man speak. Yeah. No, but, you know, we love the club. We're just not able to get down here uh, uh, all the time. And it's not that we're fair weather fans. It's just that we're unable to. Listen, I've always said this. I'm a great believer. If you get to one game a season, you're as loyal as anyone else. It's hey, you get. To, it's just getting to the games. Because... Chris, you're right. Chris, Chris is gone. Chris is gone. 
It's all right, mate. You're right. What the hell's wrong with you? <coughs> Sorry. That Sorry. sandwich was a mistake. Yeah. Was a mistake. Tears <laughs> and everything. Sorry. And that's right. Ford, you must come on again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I find it moving. I didn't find it that moving. <laughs> Jesus. No, but you're right. I mean, there's a lot. I, I, I always hear that, especially when I was younger and stuff, and I was a bit skinned. People say, oh, where were you last week? And everything else. Well, I had the money to get there. Yeah. If I had, I would have been. And um, those that go to every game, you're lucky. Those who go to as many games as they can are just as loyal. This is the way life is. And there's no glory as putting QPR. And for God's sake, Chris, could you stop laughing? You're ruining this. <laughs> the, the, right. I'm doing is, it very quietly. You know. Oh, okay. um, well, not, not many of those people had the chance to stand on the side of the pitch and, no, and do yeah, what you did quite so, so beautifully oh, on, so on so Saturday. Right. Amazing. Amazing. So, so, thank, oh, yeah. No, I mean, actually, thank you to the club for having me and, and for looking after me so well through the day. So all the players, the staff the management, Andy Sint and Les Verden, they're all so welcoming and friendly to me. And, That's um, nice to hear. It just, you know, when you get the opportunity to be there, it, it, it totally lived up to all of your hopes and expectations. They were, everyone was just uh, really classy. It was great, really great day. Well, I think we're and thank you to all the comments, actually, from all the, on all message boards. That was amazing. Was, no, listen, amazing. You, did, you did a good thing because you, you represented a lot of people who can't represent themselves anymore. And um, we're on here and you, you did it brilliantly. And uh, as I say, the two minutes was held brilliantly, as it should be every year. Um, Ray, it's my turn for ours end. Oh. Clive, don't look so worried. I'm only doing the one. I, well, actually, I'm doing two. <laughs> <laughs> I've just decided to do two because Clive looked like he was about to run out the door to the pub. I think. Let's, let's, have you finished your sandwich, Chris? I did finish my sandwich. Yeah, that was. It was totally unrelated to the laughter. It was just slightly unhelpful that I was eating it when I started laughing. It was, it was stupidly. You like? you're, you're, you're stupid. It was rock and arm. Rock and arm. I hate. I hate to laugh at any of your jokes. But I did find that quite funny. <laughs> 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 you know, do, do yeah. you know what? Yeah. I'll take that. Thank you. Yeah. Never happen again. I promise. It's all gone to shit, hasn't it? Because yeah. this beer was meant to be for the train, but I opened it because you brought red nap up, and it angered me. So <laughs> Oh, now tucking into you're not coming to the pub is that where we're going yeah tremendous right just anyway, get RZ, right, get, right one you restricted to one hours no, if we no if we're going to the pub you do one my microphone my rules um take it off him shut up right quickly firstly my is a personal one my mother's been very very sick um she had the last rites everything was horrible it was disgusting it was the worst two weeks of my life and i've been in a really bad place and um, she's coming through it slowly but surely and I've been touched, amazed and humbled by people who don't know my mother and, and barely know me and the message you've sent has meant a lot to me and my family. I showed them to me mum and she was in tears. So, And thank you, Tony Fernandez, as well. Um, yeah, it was really kind of you. didn't need to do that and I, I, I totally appreciate it. Um, and my second point is atmosphere. Not in a Ross Abbott way. <laughs> um, just brilliant. Keep it going. That's all I ask. The beautiful, beautiful sound of Rangers fans singing after a victory. It's just, ah, oh, it's amazing. So from my mother, Veronica, and myself, this has been Open All Ours, and we thank you for listening and your support. We're going to end this episode as Warren started the game on Saturday with a fine rendition of The Last Post. Uh...